Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Good morning. Are you blessed? Holla favorite. <laughs> Glad to be alive in Lynchburg, Virginia. All right, all of those things, all of above. That's good, that's good. Uh, today, uh, we want to uh, review just a little bit. We started a, a corporate fasting and prayer and, uh, for the congregation, and we taught a message based on all oh, the, the power of continuous prayer. Oh, the power of continuous prayer. That was the first, first message. And two weeks ago, we taught a message that was entitled, uh, The Power, There's Power in Agreement. There's Power in Agreement and Unity. And those things are very, very important because it's, 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 um, I believe it's one of the things that, that God really wants the church to move into. Um, we sometimes don't realize how important it is to come against the principalities and the powers and the rules of darkness, the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Sometimes we don't understand because we don't see those things, but they do exist. And so we want to encourage you, uh, and we have been encouraging you, to come to corporate prayer because there's power in that. And before we start on today's message, which is uh, striving in prayer, we want to go to Acts. Let's look in Acts. Uh, we're going to go to chapter 12. And it'll be on PowerPoint at some point in time. It was, it was not on the notes. <laughs> and then I told him I was going to do it next to last. Isn't it good that we can change? You remember I started this verse and I gave about uh, five verses in Romans 12, chapter 1. Um, Romans 12, verse 1. Now let's start there again in verse 1. Now about the time Herod the king laid hands on some who belonged to the church in order to mistreat them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. And that was during the days of unleavened bread, when he seized him and put him in prison, delivered him to four squads of soldiers to guard him intending after the Passover to put him out before the people. In other words, he was going to kill him, just like he did James. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. That's where I stopped uh, in that message that I did. Now, I was telling us that it is very important when the church prays. Now, let's continue with that and see what power God reveals to us that happened because the church prayed. Now, the, now the church 
and it has a lot to do with today's message, we are going to focus in on and try to uh, just laser beam this thing on what it is that we want. Last week and two, and two weeks ago, we said, let's try to concentrate on breaking down strongholds in people's lives that will keep them from corporate prayer. Because corporate prayer is something that the enemy doesn't want. He doesn't want us to agree in prayer. He wants to keep you from prayer. And so I know that for a fact that's what he tries to do. It's been confirmed. So now, what is it that we really want to do? We want to pray. On the very night, verse 6, when Herod was about to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and guards in front of the door were watching over the prison. Now, that tells us that there's no way he's going anywhere in the natural. And behold, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, and a light shone in the cell. And he struck Peter's side and woke him up, saying, Get up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. Do you believe that an angel can do that? An angel of the Lord can do that? Do you believe that we still have angels of the Lord who can minister to us? We have messenger angels. We have guardian angels. We have warring angels. We have a spirit realm that is out here that that we don't see both good and evil. And these angels are not bound to natural things. Let's look in verse 8. It says, And an angel said to him, Gird yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And I wrote on the side of my Bible, I said, he didn't even ask. He told him. And, you know, suppose Peter had a problem with authority, <laughs> like sometimes we do, you know. So what do you mean? I, I, you know how you tell your kids, hey, it's, it's, uh, it's cold today, like, like it is today. It's cooler than it was yesterday. I put on your coat. I don't want to wear a coat. Put on your coat. I don't want to wear a coat. You know, we know how it happens with, with things like that. Uh, but Peter... He didn't ask Peter any questions. He just told him what to do, and Peter did it. That's good. Verse 9, And he went out and continued to follow, and he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought it was he was seeing a vision. Verse 10, When they passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened for them by itself. That's something you see in the in, 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 in movies, you know, on television or somewhere, where, you know, it's probably a scary movie, you know. So, you know, where you, somebody walk up to a door and it opens by itself. You say, ooh, man, this is interesting, you know. How, I wonder how did it happen? You know, but this, this is real stuff. See, this, this is biblical, you know. Y'all, you, y'all got your Bible made up there. It's biblical. This is biblical, yeah. 
the gate opened by itself. And they went out and went along the street, and immediately the angel departed from him because the job had been done what he was sent for to do, which is, a, is a release Peter. Verse 11. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I know for sure that the Lord has sent forth his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting, which is expecting them to die. And when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who is also called Mark, where, look at it now, many, come on, was it about two? When it said that, you remember back, back in verse 5, it says, that, but the church made fervent prayer for, for Peter. And it says, where many were gathered together and were praying. That, 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 you know, I was telling you, there's, there's power when a lot of people come together to pray. And so Satan knows this. So what he wants to do is to keep us from coming together in large groups to pray. And so... Uh, I have to confess that I didn't make it to prayer this morning. And I told, I told Lord, I, I told him I would be here this morning. And, and that was my plan, to be here. Uh, but how many know we do have an enemy, don't we? And, and um, so when I got up this morning, and um, I guess it was around... Uh, what time was it? Around 4.35, something like that. This is something like that, 4.35. I went in the kitchen when I normally do it. I start uh, going through my notes and stuff and, and, and uh, getting it, is concentrating on the Lord. And everything started moving around. And I, and I, I mean, it was just turning. And I said, ooh, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm sitting still, but everything was moving. I said, wow, this is not good. So I went in, and I said, I said, I said whenever I'm dizzy, I said, things are moving around. And um, she said, you're going to be all right. I said, okay, I know I'm going to be all right. You know, she says, the enemy coming to get you, you know. I said, well, I'm, I'm going I'm to lay down. So I lay down. And um, so I, I slept a couple more hours. And so I got up then, it was 8.30. And so I took a shower, and I got dizzy again. And, and, and so I laid back down, and I said, oh, man, this is not good. Yeah. And so I, um, in the meantime, she had called. We, we prayed in agreement together. Then she called Miss Dorsey. She prayed with her over me. And, and uh, I said, okay, I know my elder is supposed to be instant in season, out of season. You know, I called and said, hey, you got the message today. Uh, but I said, no, 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 I, 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 need, to, I need to do this thing. Uh, but, see, in the meantime, I'm missing prayer. I'm missing prayer. And it seems like I'm, I'm fine because I am. But, see, I miss prayer. And that was not my purpose to miss prayer because so, sometimes if I ask you to come, then when you come, you say, well, where is he? You know, he asked somebody else to come. He doesn't even show up, man. You know, he's not a good example. So 
I was here Thursday night, and I, I plan to be to every prayer, corporate prayer, so that I can be an example, of, but I was not able to make it. And I know sometimes you're not able to make it, which I understand that. But we do have an enemy that's trying to prevent us from coming together in a, in, in a large group praying. That's what he's trying to do. And let's see how this church was. Let's go here and see verse 13. When he knocked at the door of the gate, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because her, her, her joy, because of her joy, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter was standing in the front of the gate. And they said to her, you out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it's his angel. Now, what kind of faith did that church have? <laughs> you know, when you think about that. <laughs> and sometimes, it's a great example for us sometimes that what we do sometimes is that we know we're supposed to pray. We know that God answers prayer. But we say, well, he can, but this is a tough situation. He's already killed James. Peter's next, but we, we, we had to put forth some effort here. Let's come together and let's pray. And, but in their praying, they don't, they're not praying with that anticipation that God is going to do something. God is going to show up. And so, therefore... They're in a little doubt. Would you think that? By the verse, I mean, they're in, they're in a little doubt. They should have said, oh, we knew it. Praise God. Girl, go open that gate. What's wrong with you? But they didn't say that, you see. They didn't say that. So sometimes we want to, uh, I, I want to encourage us, let's start anticipating more that God is going to show up. He's going to answer. If we're coming together for a large, for, in, 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 in a large group for a serious purpose, and we know that it was not God's will for Peter to die, so let's pray. He will show up. I think we can be in agreement with God, and we can be in agreement also um, with each other, and I think things will, will happen more. Let's go a little further. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door, they saw him and were amazed. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent, he described to them how the Lord had led him out of the prison. And he said, report these things to James and to the brethren. Um, we're talking about James, the brother of Jesus, not the one that died. And then he left and went to another place. Now when the day came, there was no small disturbance among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. Now isn't that interesting? When Herod had searched for him and had not found him, he examined the guards in order that they be led away to execution. Now, you can get the picture that the, that, that the angel did something that was very important. 
the angel let Peter go, and obviously there were two soldiers on either side of Peter with chains. And they didn't even know that Peter was gone. It was two soldiers outside that do also. And they didn't know Peter had gone. God does things in miraculous ways that we don't even know about. And he can, he can do things, he can do things and people don't even know is being done. And so that, that's exciting to me to know that corporate prayer, praying, can move things in the spirit realm and God can act. But it depends a lot of times on our prayers. In other words, God can act without our prayers, but he chooses to act with our prayers because we are his. We are the body of Christ and we are supposed to be concerned about those things of Christ. Let's turn to Romans 15. Now today we're going to talk about striving in prayer, which is the same thing, because I think they were striving in prayer. They really wanted to um, get some things done here. We want to go to Acts chapter 15 and start in verse 20. Now, in, in this particular account, Romans chapter 15, verse 20. And thus I aspire to preach the gospel, not where Christ is already named, so that I would not build on another man's foundation, but it is written, they who had no news of him shall see, and they who had uh, not heard shall understand. For this reason, I have often been prevented from coming to you. Now what he's, he's talking about is that He's, he's a minister of the gospel to the, to the Gentiles, and, uh, and he didn't want to preach Jesus in territories where Jesus had already uh, had been preached. And he wanted to go to the, um, to the territories where they didn't, didn't know about Jesus, which prevented him from coming to them at some time. But now it says uh, in verse 23, but now with no further place for me to, in these regions. And since I have uh, for many years a longing to come to you, whenever I go to Spain, for I hope to see you in passing and to be helped on my way there by you when I have first enjoyed your company for a while. But now I'm going to Jerusalem serving the saints for Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased to do so, and they are indebted to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, they also are indebted to minister to them in their uh, material things. Therefore, when I have finished this and put my seal on this fruit of theirs, I will go on my way to you by Spain. And what he's saying is that the saints in, in the, um, uh, really is in Corinth as well as Macedonia have given a contribution for the poor saints in Jerusalem. And so he was taking the contribution to them and he says that 
Um, what I want you to do is realize I'm going to come to you as soon as I put my seal on this thing. But then in verse 30, uh, let's look at verse 30. That's a key verse that I wanted to talk to you about today. Now I urge you. It's saying I urge you. The King James might say I beseech you. Another, uh, another word would be I appeal to you. Another one would be I beg you, I implore you. In other words, this is a serious matter here. I'm appealing to you, brethren, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me. Now, when it says strive together with me, this striving, this Greek word, is a compound word. And the first part of the word, like soon, S-U-N, that word means together. It means together. And then it has another word that, that sounds similar to our, our English word, agonize. And, and so together we're going to agonize, in other words. Together, what we want to do, we want to, we want to, we want to strive, agonize. We want to uh, struggle. We want to strain. We want to uh, together get the victory. And those of you in, in sports will know what, what we're talking about because uh, in victory, you have to strive together to get a victory against a worthy opponent. It's not a, a thing we go out there flippantly and just, you know, they're going to roll over and die for us and we're going to win the game. We're going to have to strive. We're going to we're gonna have to go at this thing hard. That's what he's saying. It's a, a togetherness thing. And he was asking them, I urge you, brother, by the Lord uh, Jesus Christ and by the love of spirit, to strive together, to agonize together with me, in prayers that I may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judea. And what he's saying here is that, that I need you. I need you. See, prayer is something that God has put um, um, many, many ways that he wants us to pray. He wants us to pray individually. It's communication with him. He wants us to pray in agreement. We know that. Husband and wife. Uh, you know, brother and sister. Uh, relatives. Co-workers. He wants togetherness. If two of you should agree on earth is touching anything they ask, it shall be done for my Father which is in heaven. He wants agreement. Then there's a corporate prayer that we talked about. He wants that to be, be uh, ever so uh, in our minds all the types of prayers, because all of them are very important, all of them have a place. And Peter's saying, which is in his apostolic ministry, I need you. I need you. And why does he need them to agonize, though? Why agonize? I mean, it's okay to say, hey, if you think about me, uh, uh, you know, just say a word, a prayer for me. He didn't say that. That's a little bit different. And we do want to do that. Because Clem Ferris, he sends an email out uh, to his, his um, uh, partners, and he, he sends them to me also. And he says, look, uh, this uh, month I'm going to be over here. I'm going to be going here. And he gives them all his, his itinerary. He says, be praying for me that this happens, this happens. But sometimes he'll send a special one and say, look, I'm going into this communist place, and they're they going to be uh, after us the last time I was here. Uh, we had to run. We had to hide because they were going to put us in jail. 
uh, it's serious things going on when you try to go over to these foreign nations sometimes. Sometimes it's like that. And I think this is what Paul was saying here uh, uh, to them is that I need you to strive and agonize with me that I may be, that I may be rescued from those who are disobedient in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may prove acceptable to the saints. So it's two things he wanted them to do uh, because they would try to kill him. You know, they, they, it's, not, it's not strange to uh, try to kill somebody. Now, already he's been stoned. You know he's been stoned and drug out of the city is dead. We know that. So uh, he was saying, help me. Strive with me. Agonize with me. And also he said that I'm taking this offering to the people. I, I want them to receive this offering. I want it to be an, an, an acceptable uh, offering to the saints. Because sometimes you take something to people, people say, look, why are you, why are you bringing this to me? You act like we, we pull something. Don't be uh, begging for me. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to take no, no uh, charity from anybody. Now, he wanted to be an acceptable offering to them. So he was, he was letting them know, I want you to agonize with me. There's a place for agonizing. And I don't know whether you all have, uh, like I am, have had opportunities to have an occasion to agonize, you know, in prayer. Now, you don't have that every day, hopefully, but you do have it in times of need. How many of you have, uh, let's say, you've had, 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 a, had, a, had a child that's been sick, and they're going to a hospital or something, and they had to have an operation, or you had you going to, uh, to, to the hospital to have an operation, or sometimes just going to the dentist, you know, uh, some people, they, man, they, they agonize over going to the dentist. Yeah. Really, I'm serious. I mean, you know, it, it's also so, all sorts of fears that people have that they want to uh, somebody to agonize with them. Sometimes uh, when people go through serious situations, um, they need somebody to agonize with them. You have to have a heartfelt uh, love for a person to agonize for them. You really do. That's why we tell our parents, that you need to be the one that's praying for your children because nobody's going to agonize like you're going to agonize. Because they're, they're yours. But you do need to find other people in agreement with you that feel close to you and, and uh, feel a uh, uh, passion for what God has done in the relationship between you, that family, your family, whatever, and you all can agonize together. Power of agreement. That's why sometimes, you know, people, some people won't let everybody pray for them or won't tell everybody uh, things that they go through because they know that a lot of people don't care. You know, they say they care, but they don't care. And so why even waste your time telling them about, you know, oh, this, this is a situation I'm going through, da, 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 da. And they say, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry to hear that, you know. And never, nothing else ever said about it. They don't pray about it. They don't do nothing. But I'm telling you that agonizing is, a, is something that we need to do. How many of you have children that, that uh, you want to be somewhere in their life spiritually that, not, that they are not at yet? 
then that is a case for agonizing. How about a, a, a child that hasn't gotten saved yet? How about a, a mate that's not saved yet? And, and you're having situations in the, in the family. That's a place for agonizing. How about you want uh, 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 something changed in your uh, relationship with a person because you have to be in this relationship, but it's not what it should be because the person is not where they should be. That's a time for agonizing sometime in prayer. It's a time for continuous prayer. It's a time for prayer and agreement, but you're going to have to agonize sometime. It's a case where this person, um, I think it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a church in New York. Um, I don't know, Brooklyn Tabernacle. I think that's, a, that's the name of the church, Brooklyn Tabernacle. I was reading this book uh, and, and, and thinking about Brooklyn Tabernacle, and they have, they, 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 they're, they're, they're crazy about prayer. I mean, they, they, they love corporate prayer. And they have a lot of people coming to corporate prayer. This one night in this corporate prayer, you know, they, I mean, they have people coming to prayer. Corporate prayer is like a church service. You know, they, they come to pray. And one of the ladies said, hey, pastor, this is what I got, that we need to pray for your daughter. Because his daughter was, uh, was not going away from the Lord, you know, and doing her own thing, uh, living all sorts of strange ways and out in, in all sorts of stuff that she shouldn't have been into. And they couldn't tell her anything, and she was just away from the Lord. And he said, well, if that's what you feel we need to do, uh, we'll join with you. So uh, there's great many people. Say, so, okay, we're going to agonize. We're going we're gonna to get here. We're going we're gonna to pray for this. Man, they just prayed. They just prayed. They just prayed. I mean, they, they, they had, a, they had a, a hallelujah prayer service for that. that she, they were praying for that girl, that, that, that pastor's daughter. Do you know it was soon after that that she called her father and said, hey, uh, God spoke to me. I'm coming home. Now, can you imagine that suppose they wouldn't have done that? Because she hadn't come home before. Now, you know her parents have been praying for her. You know that. But why hadn't she come? See, I'm telling you that there are all sorts of prayers. We have to use all the types of prayers we can, we can have. Sometimes it's not enough just for you and, and your, your, your mate to be praying for a situation. Sometimes it, it needs a, a corporate effort for everybody coming together, but not just a, a praying for 60 seconds over this thing. I mean, we're agonizing over this thing. It's like this is life or death situation here. And that's how it was with, with uh, uh, of course, Peter. It was a life and death situation for Peter. Well, Paul, it was a life or death situation for him. Here, and and, and uh, he was asking them to agonize with me. Let's look at... Uh, well, not let's, let's don't look there. I was going to go to Second Corinthians, but let's not go there. What situations are happening in your life, or in the life of a loved one, that you need some somebody to come in agreement with you to agonize over? Because I believe that if we do that, I believe, I believe. That God will do what he says. I believe 
that God confirms his word with signs following. Because that's the word. I believe it. So this week, I said, well, God, when I was running, what, what, what can we laser beam on this week? And I believe he's saying continue with the continuous prayer. That's important. See, we're, we're, we're doing our, our 31 days of, of prayer and fasting. And, of course, um, we're in our last two weeks. So we're still going to fight uh, and, and, and pray the strongholds be broken that people will, will come to corporate prayer because we know that we can, we can suggest it, we can encourage, we can do all those things, but until the strongholds are broken, that those little reasonings, those excuses that say that we all have, have and have had, we know that things are going to come up and we won't come. But in order to, to do what he's asking here, in order to do what they did with Peter, we're going to have to have more than just two, three, or four people. We're going to have to have some, some bodies in here in agreement, though, now. You don't want to come here. Oh, man, I didn't want to come here. He, he pressing somebody to come here, man. I'm not going to even say anything. I'm not going to no, 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 stay home. He'll stay home. <laughs> Don't do that. You got to be in agreement. Okay? And then we want to then concentrate on some things, laser beam on some things. Now, what is it that we can do? I don't know. You had to tell me. Um, can we pray for the, the, the lost loved ones or the, or the loved ones who are away from the Lord? Can we do that? Can we laser beam on your finances? I believe that people are going through uh, financial things. I think you, I think, I think you could use more money. I think you can. And, and if you can't, just just raise your hand and say, "I can't use any more. I'm trying to get rid of it. I'm trying to get rid of it." Then I'll say, "There's a box right over there. Please." Please put $8,000 in that box so we can pay our mortgage this month. Anybody raise your hand and say, I put $8,000 in there. I mean, all you have to do is take it out of your savings account and put it right there. Say, I don't need any more money. I want to, I want to put it in the box. Anybody? I say, I want to put $8,000. Nope. Well, you need some money. Well, I got one. Ed said he's going to put 8000 in that box. Praise God. Oh, praise God. He's going to put 8000 in the box. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so I believe you can use the more money. I, I, I believe that you can use raises on your job. You know, um, it would be great if, if your employer say, hey, we're not in no crunch. I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to give you, you know, $5,000 raise this, this year. Yeah, I think you'll say, okay, that's cool. I can handle that. Yeah. Yeah. And and we know that the church needs it. Uh, all financial things, breakthroughs. So those three things, I think we can laser blame on. I think it's going to be, it has to be something that is close to your heart. And I think your finances are close to your heart. It has to be, and I think God's, God's work is close to your heart. I think, I think people's loved ones should be close to your heart. Whether it's your mate, whether it's your, your, your mother, uh, sister, brother, 
relatives, whether it's your child. I believe we have enough people that are lost that you have talked to that they don't see the light yet and just don't see it, that you want to come in this kingdom. You think that's worthy to laser beam on? Do you think it's worthy to, to come together this Thursday said we're going to agonize over, over these lost loved ones, these children of these saints who are, who are out there, or these, the, the mates of some, some, some ones in here, or whatever. Do you think it's worthy to do that? Okay, let's do it then. Let's do it, because I think it's important. Striving in prayer. Now, now when we come together, I know we're going to be striving now. Striving is not, you know, we're not coming to just a little casual stuff. We're coming together to strive. It's a serious thing. It's a life and death situation because uh, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? If it could already have been done by you, it would already have been done. But it can't because it hasn't yet. So could God be saying, come together and we're going to agonize over this thing? Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.